Hi, and welcome to the 12th House Podcast. I'm Michelle Pelazon, the head witch in charge here. Hello, and I'm Wallace. Welcome to the pod. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. TGIF. TGIF in a full moon eclipse in the middle of the week. Hope you survived. Slash a long weekend. Oh, yeah. On the other end. (laughs) So you can rest. So you can recover. Exactly. We got some wellness news, and we're going to just hit it quick. We've only got a couple things. And then I'm going to go into five different spells that I use day to day. So if you want to fast forward through the wellness news because you don't care, then get straight to the magic. That's totally cool. Otherwise, let's hop into our first story. Okay, so... Amanda Chantel Bacon, often in the wellness news, people love to hate. The founder of Moon Juice. Yeah. I just admitted to someone the other day, I was like, you know, I just really like all of their products. I know. I know. And I don't want to. I just, I don't think I'm a hater. I came full circle. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's pricey. Sure. Yeah. We reviewed Super U as our first cusp product and... Honestly, the consensus is it's really good mm-hmm. and it's expensive. So you can get other products too, but it's not a bad product for mm-hmm. what you're paying. Yeah. ACP has got, gotten a lot of hate in her life, I feel, as a founder. And she just got kind of dragged publicly on Instagram and she put up a post talking about how she's been getting a lot of hate lately on her page. I think even like death threats and some horrible stuff because the monetized snark Instagram account SD beauty posted a blind item or a hot tip from some person who DM'd them saying that Amanda Chantel Bacon had said that she was feeling like shit. And here she showed on her stories here, all the things that she does, things like what, doing an ice bath and cryotherapy and... Getting some B12 shots. You know, some typical LA things. And the snarker was like, she's so out of touch and ridiculous. And the weird thing is they didn't mention the rest of Amanda's story, which talks about how to do all the things that she did on the super cheap. And that fact that she wouldn't have even needed to take these extreme measures if she had just been taking care of herself. And I feel like we're really having a a moment in social media where there's a dearth of like empathy and compassion and also critical thinking. We're just primed to be hypercritical of people and find their mistakes as opposed to giving them the benefit of the doubt. And this was to me such a good example of someone who tried to do the right thing. I'm not saying Amanda Chantel Bacon. I'm not an Amanda Chantel Bacon apologist, but... I don't think that what she did was necessarily wrong. And I think she acknowledges her privilege a lot. And the fact that people were sending her death threats seems like astronomically to me, that's out of touch. Like Mm -hmm. how ridiculous. Mm -hmm. I also didn't know that you told me SD beauty makes money from ads, which is so interesting. Yeah. Because it's just like a takedown for profit. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. I think diet Prada is... Mm somewhat similar. I mean, they definitely break stories about what's wrong in the fashion and beauty space. And I'm grateful for that. But I think Diet Prada does a better job than SD Beauty. SD Beauty seems to be pretty just like brutal. Yeah. And I feel like some people will be like, well, that's what you sign up for when you're a quote unquote celebrity, et cetera. But I don't know. It just, it seems like even sometimes when you're trying to be as balanced as possible, Mm -hmm. you can't win. She's one of those people though, like Gwyneth Paltrow, Everyone loves to hate. And again, not saying I don't have my issues with them and their businesses, but 
they're just really easy targets. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's almost like people are watching them in hopes that they'll make a mistake to pounce on it. And I would argue like starting a business doesn't mean that you're going to get famous and you're not asking to get famous. Not that you didn't say this at all, but for anyone out there who's like, well, she's in the public light. She wants to be, it's like, I don't know. We kind of don't really get a choice a lot of the time. Yeah. I feel like that's part of the culture now. It's Mm -hmm. like, you have to brand yourself as part of the brand and, and like create a persona whether mm-hmm. you want to or not because people do want to see who's behind the brands mm-hmm. and we're all for of course creating equitable thoughtful businesses mm-hmm. and like when things aren't going right calling it out but I just feel like this is this is not useful this mm-hmm. is not helpful and how can we just remain critical without dragging people through the mud and like trying to destroy their lives when they say something that we don't like well also I think SC Beauty and and pages like that are not really places for discourse. Nora is probably or, social media. Yeah, like nuanced conversation. Totally. So it's kind of just what else can you do other than make strong reactionary comments? Mm, exactly. And last thing, then we'll move on. But it's the pedestal thing, right? Mm-hmm. Of like we put people up on a pedestal mm-hmm. and we have all these high expectations for them and we see one aspect or element of their lives, like Amanda Chantal Bacon's beautiful skin, and we're like, she must have it so easy. And I think that when we tear those people down, it just shows a lack of compassion for ourselves yeah, and our own faults and humanness. And, and we put them on the pedestal of not understanding, like, she she has, like, rich skin. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> once, you make, once you're a certain level of rich, you just, like, have good skin. It's like rich girl hair. Yeah, yeah you just have like, oh, access yeah. to all the things. Like, and I'm sure, and no shade to Botox, but, like, I don't think she's living an oh natural life. And so I think we also put that within the realm of like she's got this natural beauty coming like we project a lot of things Mm -hmm. that we probably want Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. right and has she ever I who knows I don't think if she's ever said she's against Botox or any of those things so it's funny that we just kind of go like well if you're natural then you have to be all natural totally that's a whole other rabbit (laughs) hole which will be interesting to talk to an upcoming guest we have in the pod Jessica Defino. yeah in probably late summer early fall yeah I can't wait for that one so speaking of fear mm-hmm, yeah <laughs> modern fertility got acquired modern fertility is a female founded company that has a their pure product is a blood test that tells you basically like how many eggs you might have and they just got acquired at around a 225 million dollar valuation by the fertility company Roe. And you might remember Roe from their product Roman, which is basically like direct-to-consumer Viagra. They were advertising on Pornhub when they first launched, which, yeah. I mean, I didn't know who they were or anything about them, and I feel pretty ignorant to the modern fertility space, uh, or to the fertility space, to be honest, other than What I'm told is it's going to be hard to get pregnant. Anyways, I didn't know that their hero product is $159 test that will tell you approximately how many eggs you have left. Yeah, but I think it's mostly, I'm not going to lie to you, I haven't done it, but Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure it's just like, hey, how old are you? Also, where are your hormones at? Like, oh, you have adrenal fatigue? You probably don't have a ton of eggs or yours are old. 
or rotten, but I could be wrong. I'm so open to being wrong. Like I, I could be totally off base there. Don't drag me if that's incorrect, but I don't think that you can actually tell how many eggs you are you have unless you like go into an ultrasound or something. Yeah. But no, totally interesting acquisition because seems like a lot of companies that are getting high valuations or getting acquired are really pushing this sort of like fear mongering marketing idea of health or wellness as an insurance plan, as like a backup, Mm -hmm. just like modern fertility's perspective. Although I think they try to be positive about fertility. It's like, Hey, how old are your eggs? And do you, are you actually going to have to have kids or not? And can you, and by the way, you're 35. So you're advanced maternal age, geriatric pregnancy. You better get moving. Fucking insanity. (sighs) But I want to know who's I think there's a lot of space in this space for a brand to come in who's who has a very holistic approach and includes mindfulness because mm-hmm. so much of what we've talked about with fertility and getting pregnant is so psychosomatic 100%. and this removes that entirely. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to see which brands emerge with a more holistic approach that is well-rounded. Yeah. And fertility is such a big space because so many people are afraid, right? Mm-hmm. Of what it means if they can't have kids, they're willing mm-hmm. to spend thousands and thousands of dollars. And to see these private companies, which are not covered by insurance, things like Roman, which basically makes Viagra, Modern Fertility, which makes pregnancy tests. And also like, maybe you can get pregnant, maybe you can't. That's probably not going to be covered by insurance. No, definitely. So it's all out of pocket. To me, like, unless these products become more universal, it creates an even bigger gap in access to wellness and healthcare. And yeah. Also that the default is you should be worried. You might not be able to have kids, not do you want kids? <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Maybe you right. should think about if you really want them, but let's default to like, oh my God, you're supposed to have kids and maybe you can't. Right. And I think that that's part of like our puritanical culture around mm. sex is something that's just like a function of being married or having a partner and right. expanding your family. But the, thankfully, like the language is really changing. We just did a paper in the cusp on sex tech and non-binary sex tech and how it's so interesting, the different philosophies of these two areas. Modern fertility technically falls under femtech, which is like a gross umbrella term for anything that has to do with women in technology. So it's a lot of fertility stuff and women's healthcare stuff. But sex tech is about sex and seems to be more about the actual experience of sex and pleasure as opposed to just making you a baby making machine. And the paper's really good, but there are some great companies in there who are doing really groundbreaking things. Yeah. And I'm way more interested in seeing that space developed mm-hmm. than the like fear mongering wellness. Let's keep women as baby makers. Mm-hmm. Not that that's what modern fertility is doing. No shade, but just that's the general tenor. It feels like. Yeah. Speaking of very expensive things happening in wellness, Oatly, the oat milk company just IPO'd. And they're valued at $10 billion. It's insane. That's a lot of oats. That's a lot of broth. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they have star power. They've got Oprah Winfrey, Natalie Portman, I'm pretty sure Jay-Z. Yeah, they've got some big investors, celebrity investors. And I think, like, more strategically even, Howard Schultz, who was the founder. Daddy Starbucks. (laughs) Daddy Starbucks, that's right, (laughs) invested in Oatly. And Oatly is going to be in Starbucks it's going to roll out in Starbucks moving forward. So fascinating stuff. 
And the question is, how long until oat milk is dead? (laughs) (laughs) Is it dead now? It's just like when your favorite band in high school, like other people start to learn about them and you're like, wait, I can't like this band anymore. I was the hipster. (laughs) I mean, we were at a coffee shop and we couldn't order anything but oat milk or hemp milk. Do you remember this? I will say this was a nice establishment. It was a very nice establishment and I couldn't get almond milk. Why do they have hemp milk? <laughs> the hemp milk? Does anyone have Honestly, milk? let's stop trying to make hemp milk happen. It's just no, bad. It's, it's not been good. A thing. No, it's kind of like rice milk. It just didn't pop off. No, horrible, horrible mouthfeel. Yeah. So the question <laughs> is, who's next? What's the next plant-based milk? Maybe it won't be plant-based. I mean, we're headed in that direction. I hope it's plant-based. Yeah. I mean, I think key insight on oatly and why it's valued at such a high rate is because oats are easy to, to make, easy to farm, and easy to milk. Minimal amount of processing, and it seems like Oatly's positioning itself as better for the planet. It's not necessarily healthier for you, but there's some sort of like halo effect of health and wellness when it comes to plant-based byproducts. If we look at Beyond Meat, even though it's not necessarily like healthy. Yeah, what do you think the ratio to sunflower oil? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, oats to sunflower oil is. It's probably pretty high because. It's an ingredient. So like it's probably it's a main ingredient. So I would say it's probably pretty I don't want to know. I, I don't never either. wanna know. It's called ignorance is bliss. Yeah. But I think you got a good point. What is the next milk now that people are gonna be like, oh, oatly has become the villain now. It's big oat. Yeah, you can't get <laughs> it's big oat. You can't get almond milk with any of your lattes anymore. Mm-hmm. You can somehow still get soy milk. I don't know why. I don't know why. So what my guess, my conservative guess is that cashew milk might be on the rise. Maybe. I think that's a pretty good take. The only detriment would be that it's just hard to farm. I think it's it's, harder than almonds. Yeah. I hope that doesn't happen. Because cashews come in those little, like, they look like little peepees on the top of trees. Yeah. And then you have to, like, shuck them. You have to shell them. It's like one purple And they're poisonous. Yeah. Okay, scratch that. (laughs) I think sesame milk might make Delicious. a comeback. Yeah, I think it never really hit, and I think Hard it could. To get, uh, sesame seeds are really expensive, though. Are they? Yeah, we But tahini is buy, such a, like... Tahini is also not the cheapest. That's of true. Of all the, that's true. the butters. That's true. You like, could be right. I'm down, but pricey. Uh, yeah, okay. That's fair. I think that there's a potential that <laughs> the ancient grains might make a comeback here. We've seen like flax milk happen. That's not an ancient grain. That's a nut or seed, but quinoa, amaranth. I mean, rice milk was a thing. I don't know. You can kind of like quote unquote milk. I don't want that grains. to happen. <laughs> so far no. <laughs> flax milk, rice milk, suck. Hemp milk sucks. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I want quinoa. What if it's people hard to make quinoa just quinoa. go back to dairy milk? Like, what if it we make a full? I it's a three sixty because it'll make a it'll be a full circle. But this time it'll be like raw milk or straight up cream. <laughs> gross, <laughs> That's keto. Gross. I don't know. Well, you did have a hypothesis about keto milk. Yes, this is true. I mean, if you are easily grossed out, then maybe fast forward fifteen seconds. But my partner makes a keto milk because he's on a therapeutic ketosis diet, and it has eggs, oil, and Lakanto sugar and vanilla bean, and he blends it in the blender. Disgusting. Drinks it raw with his coffee, and it is thick. It's thick. Doesn't yeah. taste bad, 
but it also it's got like rags in it. So if you are wary of salmonella, like we're I don't going know. back to the eighties. <laughs> exactly. We're now drinking rags. Or like Gaston and Beauty and the Beast. Time. He just like eat, drinks those rags. Let us know. What do you think? Predictions, please. Text us, please. We want to know. <laughs> please. Okay. We're dying. We We're, don't have good ideas. Pop into the cusp and tell us what you think of that happening with the alternative milk scene. Yes. Are we going to go back to dairy? Are we going to make a... Is, is soy milk going to be a thing again? Honestly? I could go back to soy. Could be. Endocrine just, just dropped her or not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if soy can ever come back. I know, right? I mean, redemption story for soy. Like, mm-hmm. I could buy that storyline. Yeah, that would be... A- tough PR campaign. It really would be. Ah, well, that's what we've got in wellness news. So let us know what you think. Let, let us know what your hot takes are. And again, tell us what milk do you think is going to make the biggest comeback? And with that, I think we're going to jump into five spells. Later. Bye. Okay. So I'm going to talk about five different spells that I use day to day inside of my business. Honestly, that have become so second nature to me that I don't even think about them as spells. And everything that we're doing is spell work. At least, I mean, I think that a spell is just a really clear intention with deliberate action. To me, that's what a spell is. And so when I'm sitting down to write an email, that's a spell. When I'm copywriting, that is spell work. When I'm choosing language that goes on our website, when I'm choosing imagery is going to go on our Instagram, all of that to me is like spell work, right? It's magic, especially when it's done intentionally. And when I can see the outcome that I desire, I'm directing my energy towards the outcome I desire. And so a lot of the stuff that I do day to day it is a spell. And probably a lot of the things that you do day to day are spells too. You just maybe don't think of them in that way. And that's the point of being an intuitive entrepreneur, right? Or using magic in your life. It's magic is mundane. The most wonderful magic is mundane. It is washing the dishes. It is making a coffee. It is kissing your lover. It is all the things, right? It's interacting with another person. Oh, it's going to make me cry. (laughs) We are so lucky that we get to in these bodies and the magic of being alive and getting a new day to choose is it's such a privilege and so this isn't just to get an outcome that you want right it's not just to make lots of money or to retire to a vacation home in the south of France although that stuff is cool I think that these spells every day are the point right? Like they bring consciousness, they bring magic to our lives. And so I just want to share some of the ones that I use with you because maybe they'll inspire you to either use your own spell work or like actually call what you do a spell and acknowledge what you do as sacred because we get to make it sacred. We get to choose. So I'm going to walk through some of them. And really quickly, they're they're not so fancy. They don't require a lot of herbs or ingredients or or really anything super, super, super special. Mostly it's just thought and intention. And actually, if you want to learn more about this, we have an awesome podcast with Krista Venora, and we talk about spells every single day and intentional spell work. So I would go check that out if you want to double click on this after. But so I've got five for you. The very first spell is anytime, anytime someone pays me, Anytime someone becomes a student of mine, anytime someone honestly signs up for our free newsletter, I get an email telling me that someone has signed up. 
And that all goes into my email inbox. Maybe that's why I have like 900 unread emails. (laughs) But every single time I get that confirmation that someone has joined us, I close my eyes, even if I'm in the middle of something else. And I say, thank you. God bless you. May whatever you spent on, whether it's a ticket or a course or a $5 the cusp membership, may it return to you a hundredfold. Every single time I get paid, anytime I get paid, I put that energy back to the person who is investing in me. Because I know, first and foremost, I know that what I do and what I give to people and and what we create at, at Holisticism has the potential to truly return to people a hundredfold if they apply what they learn inside of this community and beyond. What we do is invaluable, not just our content, which is really valuable, but the people that we are able to connect. So I know that that is true. And I also want them to feel that energy of being poured into because every interaction, every engagement when we're paying for something is reciprocal, right? It's give and take. And so instead of just feeling like I'm taking from someone, I want them to feel that I'm giving back, even if it's unconscious, even if it's just energetic. I want them not to feel depleted by what they've spent because I want that to actually be a regenerative force in their lives. So I say, that's the first one. May it return to you a hundredfold. And then I bless them and I say, thank you. The second is anytime I feel shaky, I feel like I'm getting criticism or I'm feeling really judgmental of myself or of other people, or I feel ungrounded. I say, I call all my power back to me in this body right now. It really helps me to put my hands on my body and re- remember that I'm a physical thing. <laughs> it sounds so silly, but it's true. <sighs> so instead of putting my energy out towards other people, towards other things, things beyond me, things that I don't have control over, because I can't control what you think of me. I can do my very, very best to show you who I am. But at the end of the day, you get to choose what you want to see. And that's really none of my business. And it's not my responsibility. And I can't claim that. So I call all my energy back to me. Anytime that I feel like I'm not being seen the way I want to be seen, or I feel just like out of whack, I say that to myself. I close my eyes. I bring my hands back to my heart or on my body, sometimes on my shoulders. And I just bring all my energy. I call all my power back to me. And I imagine those disparate pieces that sometimes like, you know, how our souls get little pieces get torn away from us as we go through trauma. I imagine all those pieces spread out across time and space, all flying back into me and coming back to me. Does anyone else do that or is it just me? Every time. I think that when we're feeling the most like dysregulated, it's because we we're not feeling wholeness. And so I want to feel wholeness and I can use my energy to come back into wholeness and come back into presence. The next thing that I do when bad shit starts happening. And I don't know if anyone has ever gone through this, <laughs> but do you ever feel like everything is going wrong? Anything that could go wrong is going wrong. Like you get a parking ticket and you have a terrible sleep and you have an argument with your best friend and everything just feels bad and you get a nasty customer service email. Just as like, oh, why is this so hard? Anytime I'm noticing a pattern of that, it often happens to me in threes. For example, like I'll notice that people use our language or our our imagery, or I'll notice that people 
are giving me like negative feedback or maybe not perceiving me the way I want to be perceived or I wish to be perceived, which is fine, but not ideal. Anytime that happens, I say, I do not consent to whatever the thing is that I don't consent to. I do not consent to to being a victim. Maybe that's what I want to do. Maybe it's, I do not consent to negative energy coming into my space. I do not consent to people copying my work and claiming it is theirs. I do not consent to negative background conversations in the world about me or the people that I love. I do not consent to anything but growth, healing, and abundance, whatever it is that you want. And actively saying, I do not consent to this thing, as opposed to passively thinking, well, I don't want this. I don't know, can be very powerful because it asks you to articulate what it is that you don't want. And I don't think that we necessarily create negative circumstances in our lives. I don't, I don't know if I believe that having is a symptom of wanting, which I think people say often. I'm not sure how I feel about that. I do know that sometimes we unconsciously create patterns because that even if they're things that we consciously say that we don't want just because of programming, but I'm still touch and go on that. So anyways, my workaround, while I'm still figuring out my mind around that is saying, I do not consent to the thing that I don't want in my life. So I do not consent to parking tickets. You can totally say that, right? I do not consent to negativity in my weekly meetings. I do not consent to lack of enthusiasm in my relationships or my partnerships, whatever it is that, I don't know, that you want. That is a very, very, very powerful mantra. Another thing that I, okay, I actually have six spells and I only have seven more minutes with you because I know I have to hop into a meeting, so I'm trying to do this fast. But the next thing that I do is I light a candle pretty much every single time I write, I sit down to do something intentional. So I have a candle right here. It is most of the time off screen because I don't know, I just like, it does, I don't need to bring it up all the time to people, but I have probably like 400 little charm candles, chime candles, as well as lots of pillar candles in our house. And there's pretty much always a candle burning. There's something that I really like that I mean, like candle light, this is it's in like every culture and tradition, right? It's kind of obvious what it represents. It's so on the nose. But I started really doing this when I was working more digitally and virtually and lighting a candle every time I would go on Zoom because you're letting people into your, your physical space, your virtual space, and you really do need to protect your energy. It's not that people have malintent. It's just that like, I don't know, people are kind of like, they don't have good energetic hygiene. Most people, right? Like a lot of empaths and intuitives, they throw off vibes that they're like, that are really powerful that they're just not in awareness of, right? And that's part of becoming a more spiritual person. Even us sometimes is really thoughtful and intentional people. Sometimes when we're going through something really stressful, we also can have erratic energy that's really hard to control. So just to protect yourself and protect the people around you, I recommend lighting a candle because this is protective energy. And and when you light the candle, of course, thinking like, this is protecting me, this is creating a bubble of light. It's literally bringing light into my space and it's protecting my home and it's protecting me. And, you know, in Judaism on Shabbat night, there's Shabbat every night, every Friday night, right? 
It represents the end of the work week and the beginning of the Sabbath and the day that we celebrate. And we light the Shabbat candle. And something that I love doing with my partner when we have Shabbat is lighting the candle and then bringing the light in. And what you do is you just waft the light towards your heart of the candle. It's so meaningful how everyone does it together around the Shabbat table. And you bring the light into your heart. And that's, that's a spell. I mean, that's spiritual, right? So that is a really simple spell that you can do every day. You don't have to do it just on your altar. You can light a candle at your kitchen table when you're sitting down to work. You can, I mean, like if you really want to bring a charm candle to outdoors, I mean, be careful. But if you're working outside with friends, like that's a beautiful thing to do. I find it really meaningful in my own practice. Okay. The next thing that I do is more of an, an embodiment spell than an actual spell that we say out loud. But I believe in sympathetic magic. Sympathetic magic is when we use herbs, we use colors, we use imagery to evoke a feeling or to get an outcome. And I, I think that a form of sympathetic magic is also what we do with our bodies. If we think about mirror neurons and how we copy and we feel what other people are feeling unconsciously. And this is might be a little bit weird, so bear with me. But every time I write an email, I try to smile when I'm writing an email to someone. I try to smile. And my husband catches me all the time. It's now like a habit because I want to really, really actually like I feel that people can feel us through the phone, through the computer. Just like when you're on the phone with someone, you can hear when they're smiling in their voice, right? I think it's honestly the same with emails and with digital communication. And so every time I sit down to write an email to someone, I'm trying to be positive. It's different if like there's something up, but I smile and I smile as I write and that changes my tone and it changes my energy and that changes the outcome. And so that is a spell. <laughs> and then finally, the very last thing that I do, so actually you get six little spells or six little magical practices, is every time, almost every single morning, as soon as I wake up, I light incense and I clear our home with some sort of smoke or with some sort of smell. And so I usually use incense and incense and smoke are spiritual across cultures. And I mean, if you go to Catholic mass, like you've definitely smelled incense. I feel like it's a spiritual experience walking through the subways of New York when you smell the incense, right? But but really like many, many cultures have a practice of burning smoke and using sweet smells in order to bring in spirits and to bring in that positive energy. And so every time I sit down to do something big. In fact, before I started this, I lit some incense because that clears the space for me to pull in whatever needs to come through for what it is that I'm working on. Those are my six spells. I know that they're not necessarily groundbreaking. I didn't give you a spell to manifest a million dollars in one minute. I didn't give you an, an abundance, I don't know, spiritual bath. But I think that some of the most powerful spell work and spiritual work is the mundane. It's the stuff that we do every day. It's not just the practices that we pull on when we are in like triage mode. It's the practices that we use as part of being human, like our breath. And I think that they gather 
they gather volume over time. They gather magic and power over time and they become stronger and stronger and stronger. So those are what I practice every day. And if you like this and you want to learn more about using magic and witchcraft and, and intention in how you live, even in the mundane things like in copywriting or in, I don't know, sending off an invoice to somebody, I think that you would be an awesome fit for the North Node or just for the Holisticism community. You can join the Holisticism Hub. It's free. And there's just an amazing group of thousands of people who are marrying intuition with magic, with their businesses, with changing the world. And it's really inspiring and cool. And then if you want to go even deeper, the North Node might be a really awesome option for you. It's our monthly membership where we double click on intuitive business, magic, and spiritual practices. There's an entire archetypal journey that you go through. And then there's new content every single month, workshops, masterclasses, trainings. There's opportunities to connect with other intuitive entrepreneurs. We do Akashic Records readings every single month. We do future visioning sessions every single week. It's really the most special group of people that I'm so honored to be a part of. So that's what I've got for you today. I hope this was useful. I would love to hear from you if it's something that, if any of these practices are practices that you're going to take on. And I'd also love to hear your own practices. So let me know. I, I, I love hearing from you. You can shoot me a DM at Holisticism or you can send us a text at the text line. I love responding via text. And I think that's it. So Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week. And in the meantime, stay witchy out there. Mm-hmm.